As I said the other night, I feel like I ought to give an exam just to see that you're getting what I'm saying. But nobody agreed with me, so I can't do it. Somebody said good. I heard that. <laughs> I was teasing one student. I said, you know, I don't like to call them, ex- I don't like to call them tests. So I just call them exams. Well, he put on his paper, Inquisition number one. <laughs> We're calling this a prayer seminar, which is, indicates teaching. And hopefully that's what the Lord is giving me the ability to do. And you've been such good listeners. I was saying to your pastor today, I don't know that in any of us, any of the prayer sessions that I've conducted where I've gotten better attention at all. It's just been, my wife said, when I stop talking, that you can just hear a pin drop. You're listening and you're careful. That's so wonderful. Prayer and seclusion. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 6, But if thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut the door, Pray to thy Father, which is in secret, and thy Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. The closet here is speaking of a private chamber. I remember thinking, before I really studied this, I thought, I guess if you have a house like we, like I grew up in, or was born in, with no closet, you couldn't pray. <laughs> so... Obviously, he's not talking about a literal closet where we hang our clothes in. But he is talking about a private chamber. And I call this Jesus' classroom, schoolroom. You see, seclusion is sometimes necessary. Sometimes it's necessary for special work assignments, deadlines. Seclusion is necessary sometimes for catching up on our work. And it's often expressed by these expressions, I'm occupied, or hold my calls, or by the phrase, by appointment only. You see, we shut our door when the job can no longer be deferred. In other words, we're saying to ourselves, this has to be done. And we figuratively, symbolically close our door and say, this is it. Now, when the job is finished, we open the door and, our, and, the, and we're the best of company for the remainder of the day because we finished the job. But in order to finish the job, we had to isolate ourselves. Our Lord's words here are very explicit. We don't have a problem with them. He said, when thou hast shut the door. It's one thing to go in there, it's another thing to shut the door. This indicates to me it's a special time. He spoke of a fixed time, a time set apart for this purpose. I addressed this last night and probably labored over it more than I have in any seminars that I've conducted That is, we're talking here about a scheduled time of prayer. 
We're not making light of praying in the car or praying when we're about to have an accident or we're praying in a hurry, at the, whatever the case may be. But we're talking about a scheduled time. And in 24 hours, we schedule a lot of things. When you and I have a doctor's appointment, we make every effort possible to be there for that appointment. We may have to wait in the waiting room an hour, but we're there for the appointment, right? I have a dental appointment. I'm there at the time that they tell me to be there, at the time that I have planned months ahead to be there. So this speaks to me about a fixed time, a time set apart for this purpose. And the purpose is I must meet my Heavenly Father. I must meet Him. I must go into His presence in this scheduled time. And we're going to talk about the time and all that in just a, just a little bit. You see, He makes no hint as to the length of time in this private prayer. Because we discover this after the door has been shut. This is a time of serious, uninterrupted concentration. When I have an assignment, whether it be at school or whatever it might be, my office is at one end of the house and my wife's bedroom is the other end of the house. She answers the phone. She answers the doorbell because I have to have a time of interrupted concentration. I hate it when she comes in there and says, don't forget to mow the yard. <laughs> don't forget now you've got appointments this afternoon. <clears throat> okay, okay. Remember, I said earlier that prayer costs us thought. Concentration develops thought. And when we pray, I hope that we have given thought, serious thought, as to what we're asking God for and what we're praising Him for. Behind this closet door that He speaks about here waits this very special time. It's a time that God is everywhere. And, and let me say this it's, it's true that God is everywhere. He's in the car, he's at home, he's on the street, he's in church. But this time that we're talking about here is a very special time. And why do I say that? I say that because God is with us in a very special way when we seclude ourselves. This is the shortest and most sure way to seek God in this Closet time. Time of seclusion. Now, may I say this? He's no more real behind the closed door, but we're more real than when we are in public. Are we not? My, I don't know how many times I've gone to church and had a terrible headache when I was pastoring and nobody else there to preach. I had to preach. I fooled a lot of people. But when I got home, got in that bedroom, shut that door, told my wife, don't bother me, I was more real there than I was at church. Do you, you understand the illustration? He's no more real behind the closed door, but we are more real than when in public. We can contrast this with Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 5, and uh, this is 
course, right in the same chapter. And we might just turn there right briefly because this is in the context of prayer that we're talking about, of course. Matthew chapter 6, 1 through 5. We read this the other night. He's talking to his servants and to his disciples. He said, Take heed that you, that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and the streets, that they may glory of men, have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth that thine alms may be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. And then we come into the passage that we're talking about here tonight. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. And I'm not going to read the text again, but he says, when thou pray, when, but when you pray... Use not vain reputations as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard of much speaking. This is what he's talking about here. And I, and I miss verse 6. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. When thou hast shut the door, pray to the Father, which is in secret, etc., etc., etc. You see, we're different on either side of the door. Just let that sink in. We're different on each side of either side of the door. That's why I said to you the other night, the most difficult time for me to pray is public prayer. One thing I somebody calls you on to pray, you haven't maybe haven't thought about it. I do now, but uh, all at once, I mean, but you lead us in prayer, bang, it's silence until you start talking. Well, I've learned to, pra- to practice this, and that is. Especially being, being one of the God's called servants, when I'm in a church service like this, whether I'm visiting or not, I give thought that if I'm called on to pray as to what God wants me to say. But public prayer is very difficult. One of these days I'm going to get a study on public prayer, but I don't have that yet. So we are very different on either side of the door. You see, this time, though, that we're talking about is thrilling because you discover your ways, discover ways of your heart that are impressed with the greatness and the nearness of God. You view your Lord in a very special way. You know, it's a shame and a loss when you spend little or no time, and I'm not indicting any of you, you're my brothers and sisters in Christ, we're all in this boat together, it's a shame and a loss when we spend little or no time in seclusion with, her, with your God alone. Because it's here behind the door, secluded, just you and God, that you see your ungodliness and see your stupidity. It's here that you, and you're going to gasp at this, but it's here that you find your distaste for prayer and it becomes so evident. You say, distaste for prayer? Yes. It's here that your impatient treatment of our Lord becomes so obvious. I don't have time to spend with you. Now, we wouldn't say it that way. 
It's here that your family and your friends come before you in a vivid way. And I could go on, but closet praying is very special. Now, the door, he said, and when thou shut the door, it's not just, he's not just saying going in the closet, because as long as the door is open, you're not really secluded. But the door is so difficult to shut. You see, we have so many pressing responsibilities and so many interferences. Invariably, when I was pastoring and I had office schedule time, office hours, invariably I'd say, this right when I get here, I'm going to do my Bible reading and I'm going to spend some time with the Lord here. The telephone ring. Invariably, somebody would knock on the church door. And I'm not saying that's not good. I'm just saying it's difficult to shut the door. It's so difficult to set aside distracting and irreverent, irrelevant thoughts. I said this the other night to you, and somebody, I forgot now who it was, came to me and said, you know, I know what you're talking about. Because when I pray, oftentimes... I'm talking with the Lord and I'm thinking about what I'm going to eat for lunch or what I'm going to do this afternoon or what i got to do. I have to go to the Lord. I say, Lord, forgive me for such, such irrelevant thoughts. But it's so difficult to concentrate totally upon your fellowship and with your praying to God Almighty. But how sweet it is to set aside distracting and and irrelevant thoughts and to finally shut the door and God meets with us privately. And I think this is what he's talking about because you you read it with me a moment ago, the context there. But don't want to be all like those Pharisees out here just, you know, give your alms publicly so you can be seen or be heard. You see, we may become like Jeremiah in that closet room with the door shut because we look at Nehemiah as what? The weeping prophet. My, didn't he cry for Israel. And we can calmly review our person. Or we can calmly review persons, period, singular, and events. You see, this special time should not be bound down by time restraints. We seldom leave the door closed long enough. I'm speaking from my experiences. Hurried, rushed up prayer usually is frivolous and waste of time. I'm not saying it is always, but usually it is. Again, you say you're indicting us. No, I'm not indicting you. I'm speaking from experience. Hurried and rushed up prayer usually is frivolous and wasteful. Because hurry in God's presence is totally disrespectful. You see, we'd never think of hurrying if we had a visit scheduled with the president, even though he might be of a different party. We'd never think about hurrying if we had the privilege of meeting with some dignitary that we greatly respected. You see, if you're in a hurry... 
or if you are hurried, excuse yourself to God and come back later. You say, Brother Zoner, I don't understand. I learned this several years ago, quite a few years ago, that when I had an interruption in my time of closet praying, I'd say, Lord, somebody's at the door, and I don't want to hurry this, but I'll come back and I'll talk with you again just in a few moments. He said, well, you talk to God that way? Yes, I talk to God that way. That's my language. And sure enough, when the interruption is over, I come back and I say, Now, Lord, this is where I was. This is what I was saying to you, and I want to continue talking with you about this matter. You see, God will wait. Aren't you glad? God will wait. He's always there. And God is good. And God understands us. He understands those interruptions. He understands their own nature to think about other things while we pray. He understands this. But God never hurries. You see, as I said the other night, God is not limited by time because time is the major portion of God's eternity that's made particularly and specifically for human beings. That's why God, He's not bound by time. He sees everything from the present to the, or from the past to the, pre, uh, to the future. See, even those that were tied to uh, time words. He's never hurries. He's not limited by time. And he lives in eternity. So we need to invest time and give much thought when you appear before God. We stress this all through nearly every lesson. Give much time and much thought, much thought, when you appear before God Almighty. So I say the special occasion should not be bound down by time restraints, or we seldom leave the door closed long enough. Another factor here is involved is there's no restricted end to this special time. I've been asking these prayer sessions before, how long should you pray in secret? You know what will dictate how long you're to pray in secret? Your burdens will dictate that. Your burdens will dictate that. Because oftentimes our family comes into clear focus. I see my friends in a new light. I see my church, of which I'm a member, more as God sees it. Now think with me just a moment. We, just, we do so many things for others and talk to them often, but we seldom pray for them. And I, say, and I know that's a generalization. Hopefully that's not the case. But sometimes we seldom pray for them unless they specifically ask you to. And sometimes when we do, it's usually done in a hurry. Lord, heal somebody. Lord, raise up this person. We just make a petition. We don't plead. And I'm asking you as well as myself, are we willing to close the door and deliberately, particularly, and with discrimination, pray for your friends and your enemies? Are we willing to do that? We discriminate when we give gifts, don't we? Christmas time, you don't give gifts to everybody in the church, do you? 
Obviously you don't. So many would be uniquely blessed because you purposely prayed for them. Just think who might be blessed if you would personally call their name and talk with the Lord about their needs and ask God to provide for them. What a friend to have. What a friend to have. One who has God's ear and fills it with my name. Brother Doug, that's the kind of friend you like, right? What a friend it is. Pastor Spillman, same way. They have God's ear and they fill it with your name. What a friend. Here's just a fleeting thought. You see, the Lord Jesus spent all night in prayer because he chose the twelve or before he chose the twelve who were to be his apostles in Luke chapter 6. But I want to go like I did last night. But we say, well, that's that was then and now is now. That was him, but I'm, I'm so-and-so. And we rationalize that away. Folks, I think there's probably times that we should spend all night in prayer. I'm not saying that we ought to. I'm saying if the burden's heavy and heavy enough. Well, let me give you an example. Sometimes we go to the hospital when people are having surgery and we stay there 12 hours, 16 hours, 18 hours sometimes with families as, as finding out how the surgery went. Jesus spent all night in prayer before he chose the 12 who were to be his apostles. Luke chapter 6 speaks of that. Another thought is a prayer in seclusion follows no rules as to place and time. The Bible amply verifies this. Let me give some examples just quickly. Abraham prayed in seclusion for wicked Sodom. Genesis 18, verse 22. Jacob isolated himself for the brook Jabbok in Genesis 32, verse 22 through 24. Daniel prayed alone with his window open toward Jerusalem in Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. Jesus prayed alone in the mountains and in Gethsemane. Peter prayed alone on the housetop, Acts chapter 10, verse 9. And Paul and Silas prayed alone in the Philippian prison. Uh, in the Philippian prison at midnight, Acts chapter 16, verse 25. You see, in this thing of, uh, when I said prayers in seclusion follows no rules as to place and time, God in this treats us as men and not children. He doesn't say, well, this is just exactly when you have to do it and this is where you have to do it. He treats us as adults. He allows us to choose. Does that make sense to you? What a gracious God we have. So it follows no rules as to place and time. Oh, how foolish we are. You said, now, Brother Zellner, you called us all fools. <laughs> I said, how foolish we all are. We let such things as parties, recreation, TV, Ball games and other things rob us of such precious moments with our Lord. Let me tell you something. When you can watch, and when I say we, when we can sit by the television and watch three and four hours of a football game, don't tell me you don't have time to get the closet and talk with the Lord. 
Getting down where we live, right? You're looking at me so solemn. <laughs> you want me to go home tonight? <laughs> How the angels, I've thought about this. How the angels must wonder at our foolishness. I understand the scriptures, right? The angels knows what's happening. They're, they're around us. How foolish we must appear before the angels of God. And if, and I don't know this to be a fact, if our, if those who have died and preceded us in death knows what's happening here, how they must grieve because we do not seclude ourselves with our Lord. I'm not saying they do. So let's go to that secret place as soon as possible and review our prayer petitions already offered today. Just go in there, close the door, so to speak, seclude yourself, and just review what you've asked for today. Was what we hurriedly prayed for what God really desires? Maybe so. Hope so. But in that review time, we might find, you know, Lord, I just wasn't thinking when I asked you this. Or, Lord, it was very selfish for me to ask you this. Let's examine ourselves alone in God's presence. That's what David said. He said, you know, what do you search my heart? See if there are any wicked ways in me. It's hard for the Lord to search our hearts when we're driving down a speedway, breaking the law. No, not breaking the law. Keeping the speed limit. <laughs> you see, let us examine ourselves alone in God's presence. All the things which tempted us to sin. Let's, let's think about that. All the things that tempted us. I didn't say succumb to the temptation, but tempted us to sin today. Think of each person and event that we've allowed to anger us. Are each of the Spirit's reminders which helped us or strengthened us during the day? And let me say this. We'll surely not lack for things to repent of if that's the case. In that same passage, and I draw this conclusion, God's rewards, he said, are given, the, given openly. And the Father which seeth in secret shall reward or recompense thee openly. This kind of praying that we're talking about here in seclusion, you may see somebody's urgent spiritual need met. You see improvement in the loved one's health. And you learn God's will in a specific situation. Folks, I could go on, but I've just put in my notes here what rewards. What rewards? The God of heaven is literally waiting to hear from us. And in this particular scripture, he's told us, go in your closet and close the door with no time limits. When I say no time limits, if you must go, Lord, I'll be back. But your burdens will be We'll, your burdens will dictate the time that you spend there. You see, in seclusion with God, we have a very precious moments, have some of the most precious moments of all. You know, I've got a brother that's 13 years older than I am. He's, in not, he's not in good health. But it's such a precious thing to be together. I don't have any sister, just a brother. It's such a wonderful thing. 
We have parents, and it's so precious to be with them. But more precious than all is to be with God, the Creator, the one that said, let there be light, and there was light, the one that has all power, the one that is all present, the one that has all knowledge. Think of it, folks. You can actually meet with Him. Actually, really meet with Him. I've given you some of these selected elements of prayer that I've chosen. Seclusion, pleading, forgiveness. I'm sorry, seclusion, pleading, forgiveness, and also the high cost of prayer. I encourage you to study them. Give yourselves over to them. Not because I said it, but because you studied it yourself. Enjoy those multiple blessings because blessings are waiting for you, for us, behind the closed door. Pastor.